The one thing that did not age well when they were making the decision, all the men at, at Harvard, they were like, yeah, we're looking for diversity. But she's like a multimillionaire <laughs> from L.A. that's living from Malibu or, or Bel Air. Uh, <laughs> from Bel Air. And they're like, let's get some diversity. I was like, oh, that, 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 not today. Boom, shakalaka, chura. Welcome back to the Millennial Classics, y'all. On this podcast, you're with Q and Burry, and we talk about the best and most memorable movies, music, and culture-changing events from our generation. Mom Burry, how you doing today? Doing good, doing good. If you can see on the screen, we have another special guest. Amber, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. I am doing great. And th- I'm so excited to do this because I love the millennial classics. I, To me, it's a lost art, how we made movies. So I can't wait to talk about them again. Like, let's do this. The way we picked this movie for this week was a funky way. Because I reached out to Amber and I was like, Amber, I love what you're doing. And folks, if you don't know, you need to know. Amber does have a YouTube channel, The Sword and the Pen Reflections. She does something that has given me the courage to attempt it myself. If you've seen one or two of our book reviews, it is because I watched The Sword and the Pen Reflections. And I was like, if Amber can do it, maybe I can I can attempt But if you want to see it done correctly, if you want to see it done right, go check her out at The Sword and the Pen Reflections, her YouTube channel. And she does this thing where it's fantastic, where she compares a TV show, a movie or a a book with the reimagining. Like if there's a book of it and there's a reimagining that she is doing the Wheel of Time currently is a series that I kind of binged my way through. And she's doing a very fantastic job. You can check her out there. Thank Um, you. Of course, of course, of course. But. Like I was saying, the the movie that we chose today, it was a funky way of going about it. When I have the option, when we have the option of having a female join our podcast, I like to use that opportunity to do a chick flick. So I just said, Amber, these are the chick flicks that we want to do for the Millennial Classics. Which Amber, one I had no think? idea he was on that. I had no idea. That's what <laughs> that's what his thinking was. It's <laughs> 100% my thinking. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to use the opportunity that I have. No offense, but I don't know. I don't know if me and my buddy have the right. Hey, to I just watched the Devil Wears Prada this week. I just oh, watched Devil Wears Prada one. this week. Yeah. So we doing no, good. I, you picked a good you. one. You picked a really good one. So as far as chick flick goes, this is like, I put it in like my top three, at least for the 90s, early 2000s. So let me give you the stage. Why would you consider this a millennial classic, Amber? I think, uh, well, a couple of reasons. So I think people nowadays know Paris Hilton. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. Uh, Her little mini chihuahua dog that she carries around, she was inspired to create that persona based off of Elle Woods from this movie. So she started a trend in personas for one. This movie inspired a lot of people to enroll in law school a lot of women, but also men, just because she made it look fun and like you were fighting for justice and it wasn't this, you know, wasn't for boring people, as it says in the movie, right? Exactly. And it was Reese Witherspoon's, I think it was probably the movie that that put her, I wouldn't say it put her on the map, but it was the one that crossed the the generation boundaries. Everybody loved this movie. It was just a hit. It was charming. It was funny. It was adventurous. It was empowering. It People just loved it. So that's why I think it's a millennial classic. That's so good. That's so fantastic. Like sharing that information about Paris Hilton makes so much sense now. I did not know that forever. And like 
That's beautiful. That's amazing. That's, That's the kind of thing a movie would do to make it into the list of millennial classics. I love that. Mm-hmm. Watching it for this podcast was my first time watching this movie. Mumbury, did you see Legally Bond pr- prior to this? I feel like I watched it as a kid. But to be honest, so you gave me, you actually, when he was trying this out, he gave two choices. Uh-huh. He said Legally Blonde or Clueless. That was a super hard choice because Clueless, I say, I that was the one that proved that this kind of movie can be done. Where you can have a dumb blonde who smartens up or wisens up or whatever, matures, and people enjoy it. And it's not, well, it is a little deprecating, but not too much, you know. So it was just charming and everybody liked it. Clueless did that, but I would say that Reese Witherspoon's performance was just oh, top notch. It was so good. So I, I picked that one. The thing with me is... I really, really like legal thrillers. Like oh, right. anything with a courtroom I'm in. <laughs> this is like a legal my thriller? My movie is Michael Clayton. My cousin Vinny I love. A Few yep. Good Men okay. is a classic for me. This movie, this is a legal thriller where I, I actually forgot what the, the ending courtroom scene was. And I was like, I want to watch this again. <laughs> so you didn't know that that shower scene was going to happen? No, no. Nice. I was, <laughs> I was enjoying it the whole time. Awesome. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, that's the movie we're doing. We're doing Legally Bond because it's a fantastic movie. You heard all the reasons. But before we get into the meat of the movie, let's take you back t- in time to July 13th, 2001, when this movie originally released. Obviously, in the time machine, we have to start with the real, real news. Never forget 9-11. That was the year 2001. So I do have to mention that. But for the culture, for what was going on, so you can remember and place yourself in the situation. In music, Alicia Keys released her debut album, Songs in a Minor. Uh, It won five Grammys the year after. Jennifer Lopez, they also re- uh, released an album nominated for like 10 or 15 Grammy nominations. 15 Grammys? Or- no, it was nominated for a bunch, but it lost everything. It was just a big hit. Jenny on the Block, back in the good, oh, good yeah, old yeah, days, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. And in movies, some- Shrek. Uh, we did talk about mm-hmm. Shrek in the past. Shrek was a sleeper summer hit that year. And in other releases, I think the franchise that Mumbury and I quote talk about the most, the original the Fast and the Furious debuted <laughs> in 2001. Try Fat Burger from now on. You can get yourself a double cheese with fries for $2.95. I like the tuna here. Bullshit, asshole. No one likes a tuna here. Yeah, well, I do. Absolutely fantastic. And then obviously, Legally Blonde and Laura Kraft's Tomb Raider. In television news, the American Idol had premiered that year, changing the landscape of um, singing competitions on TV forever. You blow me off like it's all the same. You let it feel- Friends, The West Wing and Gilmore Girls were the most popular TV shows at the time. And then in books, I don't we don't usually talk about books, but and the biggest book that year and probably for the five years previous to that was Harry Potter. Uh, J.K. Rowling about to drop, let's say, Goblet of Fire that year. That was my favorite book. It and had then that in, first major death in, in the whole series, I think, was Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire, yep. Fashion. This is crazy because you watch this movie, Legally Blonde, and you're like, holy shit, what were these people thinking? But in fashion, <laughs> really? when I was looking... <laughs> I, was I watching, love it. <laughs> you love the fashion? Well, I love it. My girlfriend said the same great. thing. She was like, the, the fashion is great. And I'm like, yo, some of these are just <laughs> terrible. It's okay, wild. the weird, the like teal suit thing that she wears when she's like now i look professional like a lawyer oh yeah. my gosh that's terrible but all the rest are great everything oh, that, was, that was my favorite fit <laughs> <laughs> i was like give me that one 
<laughs> and in fashion in 2001, denim was the thing. There was denim everywhere. People had denim skirts, denim bucket hats. Denim was in every fashion magazine throughout uh, 2001. And ladies and gentlemen, that is your millennial time machine. Mumbury, making and ratings of Legally Bond. Talk to me. So I didn't know this. Legally Bond nominated for a Golden Globe for what? best musical or comedy. Right. Yes. Did not know that. But that happened. Directed by Robert Lukatich, who pretty much only does this type of movie. So Legally Blonde, this is his best movie by far. Budget was $18 million and it made $141. So Amazing. Smash hit. 71% of Rotten Tomatoes, which is okay. And 6.4 on IMDb. So solid movie. Solid movie. Great cast, though. Reese Witherspoon. I, I was going to talk about this later, but I just feel like she's in the George Clooney zone where she's like super famous. And she has like a, some really good movies. But I just feel like she's just like really, really famous. And like, I could, if like there was a gun in my head, I couldn't be like five movies by Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> but like, I just know she's an actress and she's super famous. Yeah. And if someone made me put a list of like 10 actresses, she'd be on it. I, for the life of me, I can't name five like really good movies. I don't um, think she has five good movies. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm looking at her IMDb right now. But she's, she's like an A-list star, though. You she say. is an A-list star. And like when I'm looking at her, uh, like her filmography, she's a producer to some fantastic fucking yeah, movies. Yeah, she's a really yeah. right. Producer. But she just doesn't have five good movies that I would be like this movie, that movie, this movie. She was in Big Little Lies, which I think was an absolutely that amazing was movie. amazing. That yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. Was but, she a um, producer for that? Producer and she was in it. Nice. Yeah. 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 So Reese, Reese Witherspoon won. For best actress. Really? For that, that movie? Right. Yeah. Shut but, the fuck up. Are you serious? No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. what? For not not an Oscar, Golden Globe. Oh, okay. Oh. I was yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah, lying. Yeah, yeah. It's like, still a Golden Oscar. Globe, though. Golden Globe's not. And this is back when Golden Globes were where people liked them. I'm surprised Renee Zellweger didn't win the Golden Globe for best actress, though, because I know that she she went through some shit to get that role. And, oh, and what movie was she in? Bridget Jones. Bridget Jones' Bridget Jones. Diary. Okay. But yeah, so then we have Luke Wilson, who is just, I mean, Owen Wilson's brother. I think yep. that's the claim to fame, but but <laughs> he was in some stuff. Bottle Rocket, Old School is where everyone knows him from, because that's a classy comedy. Jennifer Coolidge, White Lotus Show. Yeah. The White Lotus Show. Everyone she's talks amazing. about it. I've she's never amazing. She's amazing. But yeah. everyone I know talks about it. Linda Cardellini. This is, and this might be sacrilege, because I know she was super famous back in the day. I just know her from, she's not, she's the wife in Ant Man. No, she's Hawkeye's wife in the Avengers movies. <laughs> so that's all I got. You know much uh, more than I do, bro. Good for you, bro. Good for you. I think she was super famous back in the day. But, yeah, um, I don't doubt it. Yeah, it seems so like she's that's all I have background info that's kind of setting the scene. Like I said, honestly, for a, a, a small budget comedy movie, this cast is outstanding. Everyone does a good job. Selma Blair does like the the turn pretty well where you really don't like her in the beginning. And then by the end of the movie, you're like, yeah, she seems all right. Good, good head in your shoulders. She's like, yeah. that dude's clearly a dick. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm ready to jump right in. Do you, Amber, do you have any yeah. uh, 
background? Did you know anything about this movie beforehand or? Hell no, you blew me away just now. <laughs> so all I remembered was I remember watching this with my girlfriends probably over and over and over again because we just loved all the outfits and how smart she was and the cute little things that she would say that were so funny. So And can I say I've... right before we get into it, me watching it, I was like, I can't. I, I probably have heard um people say the lines from this movie, but this movie had a bunch of quotables. I don't know, but there's some of the things you just can't say these days. But yeah, I, I agree yeah. wholeheartedly. Liberal like, use of the R word, I would say. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Times have changed, bro. Times have changed. I almost wrote that down as one of my quotables. Is like, eh, I probably can't yeah. say that anymore. <laughs> Even if you can get away with it now in five years when they show in this clip, uh, yeah, it's gonna be a bloodbath. It's gonna have uh, one of those disclaimers, like on the Disney yeah. Channel, before it comes up, and you're like, "Oh, okay." Oh. So, Mumbai, walk us through this movie. Take us through the scenes of this movie. Before we start, we'll also just say this is like an iconic character that she created. Hi, my name is Elle Woods. I think that might have helped. Because we said, I was, we're, I, we're also like, why is, was Reese this famous? Not a lot of movie stars get to create like iconic characters like this, yeah. where it's like you're just like recognized on the street, even mm-hmm. if no one's seen the movie, even if you don't even know who legally, what you've never watched Legally Blonde, you'll just know who Reese Witherspoon. Yep. Right. Having said that, movie starts off pretty okay, but. The first scene I wrote down that I really liked was the I'm going to Harvard. What are your backups? I don't need backups. I'm going to Harvard. Scene when she's completely broken down. She's been dumped. The beginning dump scene is pretty good. I think we should break up. What? Oh. So let me let me get some clarification. When she makes the decision, I am going to Harvard and there's a montage of her prepping. Yeah. Or I'm going to Harvard. They we switch to the Harvard campus. No, no, no. The the montage before. I mean, okay. the montage is amazing. Okay. Yeah. The video essay is a class. I mean, that's <laughs> impeccable. Yeah. But, She's ahead uh, of her time, bro. I'm able to recall hundreds of important details at the drop of a hat. Hey, Elle, do you know what happened on Days of Our Lives yesterday? Well, yes, Margo, I do. I, yeah. they, it has to be a thing these days, going into college, people sending in video essays instead of real essays. I feel like that's amazing that she did that, like, 20 years ago. And the video essay is hilarious. I object. It's ridiculous. There's no way that that's getting you into Harvard, but yeah, good no for way. You. No <laughs> chance. They, were, they tried selling it in the Harvard room when they were like, well, she did this. I was like, yo, there is no way these stuffy old. They try to be like, oh, the, the old white guys find her hot. If they if she messes up and can't hack it, they're going to all get fired. Like this would cause a shit storm. Um, yeah, I doubt it. I doubt it hard, wholeheartedly. I doubt that. Um, But wait, are you done describing the scene? Because. I do want to. I, I do want to talk about the actual intro. I want to talk about the reason she's going to Harvard for a hot second. Can yeah. we talk about what's his name, Mister Warner. Warner? Warner, Mr. Warner. I I I like his name because it sounds like a douchebag's name. He's <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. He sounds like a douchebag. I love that name. So obviously, the entire beginning of the movie, you know, she's prepping, she's going on a date, she thinks she's going to get married, she doesn't, right? And that's the reason she chooses to go to um, Harvard. But about that scene, I'm not going to lie. Maybe it's because I have been, like, scathed in, f- from recent past, but that was kind of 
he is a douchebag. He sounds like an asshole. I'm going to need someone who's serious is a really mean thing to say. But that is an absolutely... It wasn't un- completely unreasonable. I feel like it just was, why would you go to dinner? But- why wouldn't you just tell her? <laughs> like, that's the thing. I was going to say, it's the nicest breakup I've ever seen in my entire life. Right? Like, like- Yeah, you can't do that out at dinner, though. In public. But that's why you do it like that. You take her out into public so she can't make a scene. The thing is that she made a scene anyway. (laughs) You got to know your girl, though, because if your girl's a making scene type, there's no way you can take you can't take her out. (laughs) She's still going to make that scene. Uh, He played it off well. He's like, all right, you go get the car. I'll pay the check. I loved it. I I loved I thought it was hilarious. I thought that scene was hilarious. But I I think it was a great way to start off the movie. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of her friends being super excited for her and then allowing her to be in her shits before she makes the decision to to go to Harvard it's like that camaraderie is kind of amazing like they are just so behind her whatever she's feeling whatever her decision mm-hmm. is her her sorority friends are all like let's go L I just I really appreciated that about the movie it was actually As- one of my notes about the characters in this show the ones that are good they are all extremely supportive even if they're a little bit dumb they don't always offer the right support the intention is there and that makes them so endearing you can be dumb but if you're a good person we still love you I did feel like they watched them. They finished the movie first, watched it, and were like, uh, "Warner's not enough of an asshole." Like, like I feel like people don't hate him enough by the end of the movie. And then they went back because it feels like in the beginning his character, yeah, he's kind of a scumbag how he dumps her, but like, like that happens in real life, and you're yeah. not like a terrible person. But then towards like the last third of the movie, he just starts doing really wild, evil shit. Like the most opportunistic asshole. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, wow, this character took a turn. Are you crazy? Just tell him the alibi. We're going to lose this case if you don't. Well, then we're not very good lawyers. If you tell him, he'll probably hire you as a summer associate. He cares about Brooke. Think about yourself. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, because L from the very beginning, even if they show her being like, ditzy and whatever like she she still has that beginning scene at the shop where they try to yeah. play her and she's like no exactly. i know exactly what's going on here and then you're mm-hmm. like oh okay so she's she's operating at different levels than what they want us to think and then that plays on later but but warner i mean he's like a comfortably nice guy she's in love with him she would have seen that he's an asshole if he was acting like that for for years, but maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. Actually, I, yeah. good point. Because he's I do like, think that she wisens up in the in the, yeah, middle of the movie as yeah. well. You see her become actually more serious. You know, it's not about fun and parties. It's about I want to marry him, and what do I have to do to do that? And then she realizes that she feels fulfilled in what she's doing. Getting finally to the scene that you were talking about with the actual getting into Harvard um, Bury, all, all those opposed to chafing. <laughs> I just like that video <laughs> essay. Yeah. That yeah. video essay is perfect, bro. It yeah. actually is perfect. She's like, do I have a good memory? Ask me what I'm doing. What, what happened in Days of Our Lives? Do you know what happened on Days of Our Lives yesterday? Once again, we join Hope in the search for her identity. As you know, she's been brainwashed by the evil Stefano. Yeah. What a throwback. That's my mom's show. <laughs> my mom loves Days of Our Lives. I feel like... This movie was hitting, bro. This movie was hitting with all of these millennial moments that I love. Yeah. When the dude in when she was walking down the street, it's like, I can yeah. use lawyer lingo. And then some dude cat calls her and she's like, I object. I'm like, it's great. It's like 
the most and purely physical, like the most purely like comical way to try to get into a, a, a law school ever. And she and does it so honest. Like what you were saying mm-hmm. earlier, Amber, like it's so honest. It's her putting her best foot forward the best way she knows how in the mm-hmm. most L Woods way possible. And it, it works. I think like it just, it just, it just works. It works. You know what it is? She just commits so fully yes. to it. Yeah. When she's because when she does that, like I object, she like does a head thing and turns around and then like, starts like brisk walking towards the thing, yeah. and it's literally like like that's like Will what that's what Will Ferrell does. Exactly. That's like what yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen does when he's doing Borat. Like, but I think she nailed the subtlety. Yeah. Because she didn't go over the top, she still felt genuine. Everything right. felt genuine. It didn't feel like a performance. It felt like. This is this girl. This is Elle Woods. Before we move yeah. on to the next scene, I promise, Mumbury, the one thing that did not age well, all the men at, at Harvard, they were like, yeah, we're looking for diversity. And I know that she's a female, <laughs> but she's like a multimillionaire from L.A. that's living from this Malibu or, or Bel Air. Uh, <laughs> from Bel Air. And they're like, let's get some diversity. I was like, oh, that, 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 not today. That's definitely They're not- reaching. They're yes. reaching real far for that one. <laughs> Her list of extracurricular activities is impressive. She was in a Ricky Martin video. Aren't we always looking for diversity? So the next couple of scenes are she she goes to Harvard, she struggles a little bit, and she gets kicked out of class. Meets Luke Wilson. The next scene that I have that I like is when stuff starts clicking, and mm-hmm. she does that. She has that scene with the professor. The other Warner's right sitting right in front of her and answers the class about some. They're talking about some dude who donated his sperm and is now <laughs> stalking the family. Which, which, first off, this argument is so ridiculous. But Warner's like, yeah, no, he's allowed to harass him because he gave him the sperm and the sperm was his. And she she claps back. I literally wrote this down. That all masturbatory emissions are reckless endangerment. <laughs> like, I don't even know how you come up with that, but just nailed it. So ridiculous. But it's the professor's like stone faced. She's like, You are a lawyer. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, cool. I guess we're I guess we're lawyers now. And for that matter, all masturbatory emissions where his sperm was clearly not seeking an egg could be termed reckless abandonment. So there's, there is a lot going on in that scene because I, I, I you're talking about like when she's studying and buying her laptop and all of that stuff, right? Yeah. Like it that's starts all, turning. Exactly, exactly. Because there's a couple of these like m- montages, and this is when she's like trying to become like, she's like, all right, fuck you guys. You guys don't think that I'm going to be good at this. So let me, like, actually show you. That all happens after she meets, I forget her name, um, from White Lotus. And she's like, why don't you go win him back, right? Paulette. Paulette, yes. Paulette. So, yeah, so that's after meeting Paulette. I like that about Elle, right? She's having a shitty day. So her version of comfort is, I'm going to find folks that relate to me. And I know it's, like, the most stereotypical feminine thing that you can like point out like she's sad so she's gonna go get her nails done she's sad so she's gonna go get her hair done but it fucking works and like I it works because it. paulette is actually a genuine person too because it wasn't just you know she she's a little stupid as well but she had compassion in heart and she's like oh gosh that sucks and she tells her her story they both commiserate together and she goes gosh you know if a girl like you can't you know keep exactly. a guy what hope is there for the rest of us what are you waiting for go get the bastard back or whatever that was great i mean you, you felt like even though 
they were all kind of portrayed as the dumb blonde, which is the stereotype that they're making fun of in this movie. They're showing that there's there's heart and goodness and there is some degree of wisdom in all of this as well. Right. It's it's there under the layers. Trust me, Paulette, you have all the equipment. You just need to read the manual. Yeah. And and it's not like she went to like a luxury Bel Air type yeah. hair salon or nail salon. It was like, no, she doesn't care. She just needs it done and she finds someone and 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 she she doesn't think she's better than anyone else because yes. she's still helping them out and and list, actually listening and trying to help her help her with her problems. And she forms uh, a really meaningful friendship with right. Paulette too, because that's not their only encounter in the salon. Right. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, yeah, because I have that scene and, coming up next. And wait, and just 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 a couple of quotes. Um, again, I have. I, I got a bunch of quotes from this movie. Um, first of all, when she's first talking to um uh, Paulette, she's like, she's got a six K, a six carat on her bony, unpolished fingernail. Love that. S -s Shade all day, every day. And then Paulette returns, what's Vivian got that you don't? Three tits? I, I was legitimately <laughs> laughing out loud when she asked. Because it's just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, right? It's beautiful. Um, and then another nitpick. Cell phones in 2001 were fucking humongous. Did you yeah. see her cell phone? It's bigger yeah. than her dog. If you watch <laughs> the movie, her cell phone's bigger than her chihuahua. But um, uh, yes, just wanted to point that out. Uh, Mulberry, next scene. Here, Paulette's whole issue with going down to the trailer, getting the dog, uh, the dude coming out. Uh, <laughs> uh, what can I say about this? The dude, you know, I know what? <laughs> <laughs> Absolute trash. I yeah, yeah, I wanted yeah. to say the R word that you guys were talking about earlier. Bro. This dude is stupid as <laughs> all hell. Yeah. This dude is yeah. like ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Um, it is a super simple scene. Going back to what you said, Amber. Like I believed Paulette and Elle's relationship right from the get mm -hmm. because you felt it, right? But mm -hmm. that moment was beautiful because Elle is get, is doing all she can. She drives her there. She's like, "You got this. We can do this together." Paulette freezes up. Elle comes in and uses all of this um, lawyer jargon that she has no idea what she's saying herself, right? <laughs> so she's not like, I'm better. The thing like this, if you just notice uh, that the scene, she goes in there, she's backing up Paulette, but she lets Paulette do the final blow. She's She yes. talks about all this jargon. And then she says, Paulette, you tell him. And then she's like, give me the dog, you dumbass. I'm kicking the dog, dumbass. That's what friends are for. That mm -hmm. scene is what yeah. friends are for. And you believe it. And it's funny. And it's silly. And it's not necessary. But they have it so you understand, believe, and like Elle so much more along with Paulette. It's got some sort of, there's an immortal heart to this. Yes. I mean, things that everybody can kind of relate to and go, oh my gosh, I wish I had a friend like Elle who, right. you know, would, would step in to rescue me when I need help, but then would like, okay, you got this girl, you know? You, you you envy that, I think. And I mean, guys too, I think like, you know what? I mean, maybe not exactly like this, but you know, you want the guy who's gonna gonna hold you up when you need it and then let you take over once you're ready. You know, that- It's like, they just, just they, they set it up so well. They set it up yeah. so well. And then that, that that last quip at the end, which I felt as a man, um, <laughs> Paulette, uh, Al says, he's probably still scratching his head. He's so confused. And then Paulette's like, yeah, his balls got to rest because yeah. he's always, it's just- Yes, just yes. Of course, of course, it makes sense, especially as yeah. a bald guy myself. Um, and it goes, it goes right into the bend and snap. <laughs> so you bend and snap. Um, yep. This was also peak 
hitting on the UPS guy. And it's honestly <laughs> even so much better that it's so ridiculous. Because you could just, you could sense like when this movie came out, people were like leaning forward in the theater, like, oh, shit. <laughs> like we're going to get some good advice from this. Like, we're actually going to, this, this, the ticket is worth the price of admission if we can yes. get some good shit. What, what's El Mom's got to say? And it was just the bend and snap. It's beautiful. Absolutely terrible. Like just, just real quick, the like, yeah, you're right. The origins of the story of her finding out that Elle learned that from her mom when she was in like ninth grade is like it feels a little off. <laughs> but then the, the wackiness of this movie is she gets the entire bo- like salon yeah. to start doing the bend and snap. It's 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 come on, come on. Yeah. What that else was- do you want? probably simultaneously one of my favorite and least favorite scenes because it's like it's yes. such a cringe moment but it's also so endearing and silly i mean you there, just have to love it there's literally a black woman that's dressed like she's <laughs> in like n- the 92 olympics she's literally <laughs> dressed like serena and venus williams picture when they're like nine years old yeah one of those track like, suits yeah yes. the track suit oh my god i wanted one of those track hair. suits so bad when i was a kid the, oh. like yeah. They were in. They were styling. You want yeah, it to be but, a little bit shimmery, you know? <laughs> but, but that was in, like, people were wearing those in the 90s, and she's out here in 2001 being, like, bending snaps. I still got it. That's what she in said. Her, in her hair. It's um, amazing. It's this amazing. is also the, this movie has, um, this is a classic 2000s of every gay dude is 100% flamboyant. Like, they yeah. just auditioned for the birdcage, and, uh, <laughs> and, it comes back Jesus like Lord. that wasn't just like the first one. It comes back and it's a crucial piece of the story, <laughs> which makes you think that the Harvard lawyers are pretty stupid. Yeah, uh, that they fell for it. You, I've kind of said my piece before on how much I like courtroom scenes. Yeah. So the next two scenes, my final favorite scenes are the two courtroom scenes. Okay. I split it into the first one with the he. She tells Luke Wilson that he's gay. He's gay. Enrique is gay. Because he knows when shoe dates release, which <laughs> honestly didn't age that well because I know hella dudes that know when, like, every Jordan's dropping <laughs> like, and know mad about shoes. No, that's why I love doing these with you, Mulberry, because I have, I literally, in my did not age well, I have, like, the gay dar. I lit- that's exactly what I wrote. The gay dar well, did not age well. Well, it's crazy. I feel like you can still do it now. But you just you can't be that flamboyant where like, dude, I could like yeah. I'm I'm watching this two movie and I'm like, yeah, he's gay. And because he's <laughs> doing like 16 gay stereotypical things at the same time. Meanwhile, the all the lawyers are like, What? How do you know he's gay? Yeah, it's really it's like duh. He's accusing your client of murder and she says that they're in a relationship and your client says they're not. You have to, like, exactly. put one investigator behind them and just catch, <laughs> get a picture of them kissing. Like, that's your clients. Yeah, so a uh, little hole in the movie, but that's just because I fucking, oh, I watch a ton of these. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, good good little uh, <laughs> Luke Wilson scene because he doesn't have a lot of good ones. He kind of has to play the background a lot, and this is kind of one where he gets to step out. And be like, you know, be the hotshot lawyer because technically he is the hotshot lawyer according to everyone in the movie. So yeah, uh, I like exactly that's what he gets to do is like, okay, so where did you take her out? What did you get her? What did you eat? What's your boyfriend's name? It's like it, it does, it does. They do work really well. And that's such a terrible lawyer move. I mean, that we do you remember as kids, you would say things really quickly. 
like like gay people say what and then you try to get them to say what and then they're like ah like that's essentially what he does in the movie and that's his like hot shot lawyer in the back like in the back pocket move they played it off so it worked really well i I do have to go back just a little bit before we talk about the final courtroom scene another like reason why i really appreciate l just like the sisterhood idea of her and brooke how are you are you all right you look so orange. When she goes, visits her, and she's like, promise I'm not going to tell. I promise. I-, I wouldn't. This is like our sisterhood. You're part of the sorority. You know, we're about that life. And then they have the conversation. And then she's like, liposuction. Again. And then she goes back to talk to the rest of the lawyers when they're trying to figure things out. And she's like, I can't tell you. I won't tell you. It's not my alibi to share. Another huge reason why yeah. I love Elle. Integrity. She actually has integrity. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But would I did want. Do- would you Go guys ahead. do that? What? Do you guys stay in prison for the rest of your life and before refusing to admit liposuction? Now, I know the times are different. And nowadays, you you people get like surgery to just like even out their ass cheeks or whatever. <laughs> but would you like not admit that you've had liposuction? I think it was about there? her empire, though. Exactly. Yeah, right? but- because she was a fitness guru, basically. And she was telling women that they can have perfect bodies if they just do these workouts. And then if she gets exposed as a fraud, her empire falls because she was rich on her own. Right. But would you have more of an empire if you were in jail for life? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) No, I I don't, I don't think it was reasonable. I don't think anybody would want to be in jail for life. But that's, but uh, but that was literally the question that I wanted to ask you guys. You hit it right on the head. Back in the day, she's over here whispering liposuction when she's in fucking prison. Like, I don't think anyone there cares if you got shit done or not. But in, in 2000, 2000s. Yeah. But in 2023, people talk about their BBLs. Like, men are getting their veneers. They're getting lengthening on their shins. Like, yeah, that's crazy. do you think it was better back in the day where you wanted to keep it on the hush-hush? Or do you think it's better now where everybody knows? And I, I do want to know what you guys think. Like morally, do we think it's better, or do you think yeah, that it was like, more acceptable? Do you think the culture? No, no, no. I'm asking you, which culture do you think is better for humanity? Everyone getting surgery and spe- telling everyone, "I got this done. I want to get this done. I'm going to get this done," or being ashamed at the fact that you got surgery done. Well, as I'm- weird as it is, I think that back in the day, it was better because if you have everybody talking about, "Oh, I got this done. I had this done," everybody thinks this is acceptable and this is what I should do, or they think this is what I need to do. It you know when more people are spreading like I, this is what I do that you know especially celebrities talking about it then it becomes a trend you get people oh, doing yeah. it because they see everybody else is doing it and now I have to do this. But if I'm a like- nurse and I can't tell you how many nurses are like I'm I'm injecting Botox in my neighbor I'm injecting Botox in my cousin I'm injecting Botox it's like it's insane. Yeah, I'm not the right person to talk about this. I'm flying to Thailand next year to get my cats done. <laughs> small, low interest loan. I'm getting my I want my cats to look like triangles out here. <laughs> Uh, You're a monster. Uh, no, nah, I just, you know what? I don't know. I can't tell you what's better. I think the issue is, I think in 2001, all the celebrities were getting it just mm-hmm. like her. They mm-hmm. just weren't saying anything. Of course. And yeah. so I don't know if that's better because then people are like killing themselves doing other weird shit, not knowing that it's surgery. Yeah. And and then you have people just not eating or trying to, yeah, trying maybe, to maybe, do crazy, you, crazy you stuff. You might be right because maybe back in the day you didn't see what other people are doing. But in 2023, you see folks going to Thailand and Brazil. Brazil. 
and getting like concrete put into their ass and then blowing up and then they're like dying on the yeah, fucking I remember those things happening on planes where like somebody's breast implant would explode on a plane and stuff. Yeah. It was scary. The, it was a, yeah. it was a the funniest thing is the BBLs because you, you yes. can't sit down. Yeah. And if you sit down, you deform it. And then your ass looks like a like a like it has some an indent in it for the rest. <laughs> that is crazy. It's crazy because there's literally... I want to be opposite of this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, there's women that are flying back from Brazil after getting their BBL done where they can't sit in their chair in on the flight. So like it's crazy. All of this is just crazy. All of this is crazy. Sorry about taking us on tangent, Mumbury. Continue. And I'm sorry I did I did skip a cut ahead. Because we skipped, I skipped completely over a pivotal character in the movie, oh. Ali Larder, the the gym aficionado, the workout queen, who is also in the the sorority, and who is like the linchpin. And what I will say, unlike a lot of comedy movies that just pure comedy, this movie actually has a good like story for the yeah, good heart, good story, the whole nine. Yes, and the courtroom drama is actually like it's not terrible. I mean, how they how they solve it is pretty cheesy, but the actual mystery behind she's found on top with the gun and blood everywhere and everything like you would that could be a lauren order episode so pretty good and then the jail scene when she gets when she gets put into like the exclusive um intern group and that whole scene together and you just feel like she really belongs wait what are you talking i'm sorry i'm sorry when l joins the the lawyer team Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and you okay, just okay. feel like she really belongs. She's saying stuff insightful that only she would know. Yeah, they're act- people are actually listening to her, and you're like, all right, cool. Yeah, so I just wanted to mention that. But this, my, the last scene, the finale, the perm finale. Uh, <laughs> I had a perm of- until like three years ago. Did you really? Oh, so you knew yeah. all about this. I knew all about this. Yeah, uh, of okay. course. Because they kind of do it like. Like a few good men, literally exact like a few good men, acts flustered, acts confused, sees a little opening, and then like puts her toe right in that opening, and then just wedges it open, and then attacks, attacks, attacks. Um, I do think she was actually a little flustered. In the beginning, I think In the beginning. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, in the beginning. It was but, it was a little too dramatic the way she entered. I fire you, and then the doors wide open. Come on, like take a breath. Yeah. You don't you don't have to do all of that. Why don't you talk about that before everyone comes out of uh comes out to do the like the entire scene? I did like the dramatics, um, even though it was over the top, and I did think she was flustered. But then when she heard perm, mm-hmm. she was yeah. like, "You you're obviously lying. Something else is up." And then she just went in. She went well because because she she the first time she said it, she just said she was getting a shower yeah and then so there's nothing up with that but then like the second or third time she repeated it she said i'm washing my hair yep and then that was the change and then it was like wait you that's a new detail yeah pretty cool classic uh black judge i mean every every single one of these these courtroom dramas you gotta have a black judge in there fantastic uh, yeah <laughs> about uh, the people laying it down yes uh and then uh yeah that's all i have um, a couple like of I things. Said, a couple of things for me. A couple of things. I mean, we can't not talk about uh, Professor Callahan. It sucks to say, but I was disappointed. I like Professor Callahan. Yeah. I could. I didn't because this Seemed was my really first, supportive. Yeah, because because this was my first time watching it. I honestly, usually you can tell because like the creeper is a little creepy, right? Um, and like 
I was waiting for Warner to do something sneaky baziki, like getting on the phone and hearing what the alibi was and then telling the court like the alibi. And like, that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought it was going to be like someone mistrusting L and then Brooke being mad at L for telling folks. But it wasn't. It was fucking Professor Callahan being a creeper. It made it much more real. We just talk about how wacky the dramatics is of the courtroom opening, how dramatic, how wacky it was when they're doing the bend and snap. But that made it a whole lot more real. The thing I hated about that was you were saying you earlier that. Vi- um, sure. Yeah, I felt blindsided because I like Professor Callahan. But if he's a shit character, he's a shit character. The thing that bothered me the most, Vivian is doing this thing where she absolutely is the worst asshole on the planet to L. And then she's becoming nicer and nicer and like she's building some trust. And then you see that happen. And then you're like, oh, I thought you earned your way here. And like not even for a second, she's like, maybe that's not what Elle was doing. Like the fact that Vivian jumped to that conclusion was the thing that pissed me off. Professor Callahan was disappointing. But Vivian, I was like, you're not going to talk to the lady? Ask her what's the deal? What's going on? Like I, I didn't like her jumping to the conclusion that this is how you got everything up until this point because you were there to witness her in class answering the questions doing the homework all of this stuff so i didn't like that i thought that was out of character and she should have done a little bit more but then he wouldn't have had the drama of her feeling like she's alone you know so yes yes so you you have to yeah you have to make it i also i think this is also like the warner thing where it felt like they had an ending and then they watched the movie and they were like "Wait, wait, wait how do we get the professor to give up the head spot so that L can actually get up there because they didn't foreshadow any of the professor exactly. being a scumbag exactly the entire time. And I know you could probably say like, yeah, scumbag professors are pretty good at hiding it, but like they could have done like uh, they could have done something like yeah. a woman was leaving his office while she was coming in one of the times or something, and then it's like. And then it's like, oh, I wonder what that was. Completely out of left field. And mm-hmm. he's like super supportive the yeah. entire time, even in the beginning. And they contrast that with the other teacher. It felt like they got to the end and they were like, well, why would why would this professor give up the head seat out of nowhere? So just uh, coming from the girl's perspective, it happens like this quite often where you think that you're forming a friendship with somebody they're really supportive and then suddenly they reveal that their intentions were otherwise and you kind of go shit now i have to put up like a freaking blockade here because i thought that this was about something else so from her perspective i could see it's passable like she didn't see it but maybe the audience could have been clued in a little bit for both of you guys i do think he was supportive I think it was and I don't think it was either. I don't think he it was like I'm doing all of this just so I can um, have sex with her. But at the same time, he definitely felt that way throughout the process. And he was just like, this is the best time for me to do my creepy thing. Right. So um, but Luke Wilson would have known, right? Like you would have <laughs> yeah, known if your dude's a dog like that. If yes. he's a dog like that, where he's just dogging. That would have we'll been see. the opportunity to clue in the audience. Is remember when he's sitting on the bench with L and she's all upset, yeah. and then he starts telling her about the other professors. He could have dropped some sort of a hint there, yeah. and you yes. can believe that it's something that kind of she hears it, but it doesn't mean what she thinks it means, and it goes over her head. Right. That's where I would have put that clue. Or in. even if he's just like for some reason he he grades women easy or something. Yeah, something like there some, you or go. something oh, like that. That's brilliant. That's what and, they and it's have like you, you know, like maybe he's not a hundred percent, but he sees some hints. That was uh, that's all I got. That was it. And my favorite scene 
was probably the courtroom scenes. I'm just a sucker for that. For me, my um my best scene was it's hard. <laughs> um, Amber. Can you go first? Do you have a favorite scene? I mean, gosh, there's so many that I love, but there's two that stand out to me. The first one is the, uh, the costume party. She actually goes like she doesn't leave the party. She shows up dressed like a playboy bunny, but instead of like running away, she just like, I just decided to dress up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love that so much. I'm just hanging out here. The next one is when, uh, when she finds out that, she's made it onto the the list of the lawyers you know who get to go to real court or whatever and she turns around and she goes me yes and then she turns around she goes remember that those four hours that we spent in the hot tub this is so much better than that (laughs) to me that yes four hours is an excessive amount of time to spend your your hands i have to agree you would be shriveled up you everything looks like prunes at that point yes Just Wait, a, another, another. Just following up on Amber's favorite scene, the diss that she gives to Vivian when she's just like, "Oh, you look funny, like a, a whatever, nice costume, whatever." A frigid bitch. When, yes. When I, yes. Yes. Oh, it's great. What does oh, she crazy. say when she when says, I dress up like a frigid bitch? I try not to look so constipated. And, oh, Jeez. amazing, <laughs> amazing, Fantastic. like just absolutely amazing. And like Mamburi, <laughs> I think you know me better than I know myself. Yeah, I had the video. <laughs> I had the yeah, video. Yeah. The, the video essay was my favorite scene. The buildup is always the, my favorite scene. I think uh, that's the scene that's yeah. aged the best, too. It's the scene that's like you could pluck oh, it yeah. out from right from that scene. And if you were doing a remake, well, talk about like uh, making it this same movie now and what cast I would pick. But I think that's the scene where you could literally remove it and drag it right into the new movie. And it would still work perfectly. Yes. Yeah. If they did a remake, it would be great if they actually had that original. Like if they did a remake today and they're like, you know, there was some girl who got in and you know, she right. wasn't supposed to get it. And they find her old audition or yeah. her old video essay. That would be fantastic. Well, now it would be like TikToks and like whatever. But... Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> the only thing I got left is like closing thoughts. But also I did come up with a recast remake for this movie. Instead of the recast remake, I did want to do the comparison with Barbie. Because we all saw Barbie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I did want to do the comparison with Barbie. And, like, I can't explain to you guys how much I this think... This is tough to compare. I think the only thing these two movies have in comparison is their blonde woman characters. Because You're I think Barbie... Barbie is trying insane. way bigger things and trying themes and and trying to prove points that are way bigger than this movie. It's like a chill comedy. No, 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 like, no. I no. think these two <laughs> movies are trying two completely separate things. Now, the main acting is, I think, pretty, pretty. I mean, Reese Witherspoon's killing it and Margot Robbie's killing it. But I, I don't know. I, I, I will, have to, yeah. I have to disagree with you wholeheartedly. I have to disagree. Maybe the scope and the plan and the goal for what this movie was trying to do might have been different, right? Like I think Greta Gerwig is trying to shoot for the moon, where Reese Witherspoon was just like, "Let's make uh, another Clueless," right? Maybe that was the difference. Listen, if the message for both of these movies is woman empower- empowerment, I think. Uh, Legally Blonde did it in such a better way. I'm feeling angst uh, wanting to talk about this. So let's just close out Legally Blonde. Mumburi, you and I, we can discuss um, uh, the comparison between Barbie or we can just do another video talking about Barbie because I really do want to talk about this. Like, I really, really do. Amber, do you have any quick thoughts about the, the comparison between the two? 
Oh, gee, they're so different. I think you're right. It's really hard to compare the two. They're 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 doing completely different things. You can't compare movies like this. I honestly felt like Barbie. It felt a bit amateurish in its storytelling. Okay. I mean, I could go deeper into that, but if you guys are going to do another video, if you want my notes on what I yeah, thought no, of Barbie, yeah, hit, hit us with the, hit us with your thoughts because um, I've never I haven't heard that description. Yet. So, okay, so the majority of the Barbie movie to me felt slow paced. And I think it's because it was reactionary humor almost all the way through. They had one gag and they did it again and again and again and again. It's like, let's take the dumb blonde Barbie doll and have her reacting to the dumb blonde Barbie world. Two of your dolls have gotten loose. This is the real world. Wow. Why are these men looking at me? And then we're going to take the dumb blonde Barbie girl and put her in the real world and have her reacting to the real world, which I actually felt like it was a cartoon version of the real world, too. <laughs> so it was like the same thing. It was a fake world, just like the Barbie world was fake. So this is this is something that people do a lot in comedy, but they do it like once or twice. They did the whole movie like this and it you just get a little bit burned out. And as far as storytelling goes... I, I couldn't tell you what Barbie's real motivation was through the entire thing. It starts out with her just enjoying life. And then randomly she's thinking about death. I'm like what led you to thinking about death? Yeah. And I know it was supposed to be, Oh, it was the lady in the real world. Like she was thinking about death. I thought that she was just sad because she was losing her relationship with her daughter. Wouldn't she be thinking about loneliness? So it just felt like, you know, a little bit contrived and just, the same sort of humor all the way through. Can anyone tell me what Will Farrell's purpose was in the overall story? Look, he was to like sell, to sell Barbie. You guys, you guys, Honestly, get, can super I? Super corporate. Barbie is also way more corporate than this movie. Oh yeah, of the, course the product it was. placement. The product placement alone is is like Transformers esque. Okay, like, wait, Mumbo, It makes sense because Hasbro's involved. But there's literally a scene where Will Farrell's talking, and on one shoulder is just the GM logo, and on the other <laughs> shoulder, it's the Mattel logo, and then all you see for the rest of the movie is they're driving GM cars, and they're selling Barbies, and it's really on the nose. Okay. And then at the movie theater, you can buy car Barbie's car, and you can buy Barbies right outside the theater, and it's like, for all the messages this movie's showing, when you actually <laughs> are leaving the theater, you it's like, all right, like that listen, was the main message. We're accepting <laughs> yeah. all Barbies, but come on, you're buying a size zero Barbie right outside the theater. Let's be real. So I have to do this. Look, okay. both Barbie and Elle start the movie out. And so this is just the comparison between the two, because you guys are just wrong about them. The, these two movies not being alike. Both, <laughs> bo both Barbie and Elle start the movie out in a perfect fe feminine utopia. Elle is in her sorority, Barbie's in Barbie land. B both decide to leave their utopia, but for very different reasons. Elle is chasing love, Barbie is chasing the answers to her found cellulite, flat feet, and thoughts of death. In their <laughs> new environments, they quickly realize their initial dr um, dreams are inaccessible. Elle's ex-boyfriend is an asshole, and Barbie is not a hero, she's a fascist. Interestingly, though, both find comfort in other female companionship. Elle goes out of her way to look for uh, a hair salon, a hair and nail salon, where Barbie runs away from her problems and accidentally finds the ghost of her creator uh, she in the basement of Mattel. She runs, she runs to find, to solve her problems. She runs away from Mattel and she accidentally walks into the building. I watched this movie yesterday. Let me oh, finish. Oh, I thought you were talking about, okay. Yeah, their, their choices diverge here. 
else stays using her sorority skills and her hard work to prove her detractors wrong. Barbie, on the other hand, returns to Barbie land, relying on her toy owner to solve her problems. But their plans fail because patriarchal forces get in the way. Elle becomes a victim of her mentor's sexual assault, while Barbie discovers Barbie land has converted into Kendom. I'm just They're not defeated yet. With the backing of their old and new allies, both Elle and Barbie tear down the patriarchy. In Elle's corner, she has Miss Stromwell, tough female uh, Harvard professor, Vivian, a former mean girl, now friend, Emmett, associate professor, um, and uh, the, a lawyer at the firm, Brooke, the defendant in the case, and the woman who fires the man that sexually assaulted Elle. In Barbie's corner, she has Sasha, the teenager who thought she was a fascist, Shasha's mom, the owner of the toy who explains all these good things to the other Barbies, Alan, Ken, sidekick and the rest of the Barbies to make her plan come to fruition. Capitalizing on their experiences and lessons, they triumph. Elle cracks the case using her intellect and stereotypical female feminine knowledge. Barbie reclaims Barbie land by compelling Sarah's mom, Sasha's mom to eloquently articulate the unjust challenges women face in a male-dominated society. Like you guys say, it's not similar. But the beats are all the same. See, they start I, off in a happy place. They go to this world where they're not accepted, where it's this man or just a different fish out of water situation. They get taken advantage of. And that's where it separates. And that's why I think Legally Blonde does it so much better. If the movie, if Greta Gerwig is doing this feminist woman power situation, Barbie, this entire movie confuses the shit out of me. Right. She goes to the real world. Nothing good happens to her. She runs away with the her toy owner trying to fix her problems. And then when she gets back to the old uh, her Barbie land, the, the entire Barbie land, this thing where it's supposed to be the matriarchy, this thing where all the women are these superpowers is taken over in less than a day. I really don't understand what she was trying to do this entire movie. See, I think you missed it from the very beginning when you were like, they both start off in feminine utopias because their feminine utopias are completely different. In one, mm -hmm. it's actually, she's living in a bubble really, but it's not, it's just a bubble in, in, the, in the patriarchy really where she's at because she still has to deal with getting into Harvard and no one trusting her. And don't forget, Warner's still killing it and dumping her in the very beginning. Whereas Barbie, I mean, the Kens, all the Kens are actually homeless. Like that <laughs> feminine utopia is really like a crazy. But it's a feminine world. utopia. We're not talking about the Kens. Right. But and there's, the sororities, those aren't the same. And where, and, where Barbie and, and, and Elle are living are not the same, really. Because yeah. Barbie's literally living like the queen of well, a, uh, Yes, and Elle is the president of her fate or cap or whatever. And, she's and her sole she was, purpose is to marry a dude. No, her sole purpose is not to marry a dude. She's she just goes excited. to Harvard for a guy. She's excited to marry a dude. And she yes, goes she to goes to Harvard for a guy. He goes to Harvard for a guy. Fantastic. Great. She changes and, her entire life to, and, to get and, married to a guy. And that's and that's fair. And that's fair. That's fair. I hear you. But my point is, at the end of the day, even if L is doing the less like feminine power thing, Legally Blonde ends up being the more woman empowering movie than Barbie, which is crazy to me. She chases uh, her boyfriend to Harvard, but the 
the next time she sees a boyfriend, she figures this out. He's an asshole. I don't want to be with him. And I am going to prove that I belong here and that I can be great without his approval. And I am not going to just be good at being a lawyer. I'm not going to be here just to prove my love for him. I am going to graduate. I am going to earn my spot on this team. And I'm going to be the fucking valedictorian. Barbie, her end story. What the fuck is going on at the end of Barbie? Well, like you know, actually. also at the end of uh, of Legally Blonde, also her dream didn't change. She just exactly. attained new interests. She she uh, she gets married at the end, right? That's what the text says. Right. Is he's gonna? Well, I mean, we know she's going to get married. Yeah. Also, she doesn't she doesn't sabotage her uh, her own feminine qualities. She doesn't look down on them. They are part of her power. Like when she walks into the courtroom, knowing that now she's going to be the top lawyer defending uh, what's her face. Right. She's wearing that cute pink Back suit. Pink. Like she's, yes, dressed for the part. She's like, I'm embracing this. And it was, you know, it's a recognition of she she is her own person and that's fine. And she's just figured out how to live in a world that is not always going to be perfect for her type, you know? Exactly. I mean, that that's what life is. Honestly, it's a more honest movie for sure because you get to the end and realize, oh, I, nobody's going to change the world for me. I have to change. Thank you guys for doing this. And I really do appreciate it. I, like, I, I hear what you're saying, Mumbury, but like, I really do feel like th two things. Number one, I, like the message isn't super clear in the Barbie movie. I feel like they're mm -hmm. saying like a hundred different things and I'm really not sure. Like, well, Amber, can I ask what her you think, driving like force in Barbie, though, is not is to save herself. In the beginning, she leaves to save herself. And it's it's opposite because Elle is leaving to try to rescue a relationship. And Barbie's leaving to essentially just make sure that she doesn't get any cellulite anywhere in her body. Yeah, like that's her sole purpose. Okay. So, and and that's how she gets to the other place. And then once she gets there, she sees how how shitty it is. But Barbie also does the thing where it's you juxtapose that with Ken and how he's dealing with, and you kind of see Ken is actually doing the L path in 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 Barbie in this movie, where Ken yeah. is the one going like, "Wow, I'm really in this shit," but I'm, my eyes are opened. Yeah, like this is actually like I don't have to do this. I can actually do all of this. And I can be a doctor, and I can be this, and I can be that. And then he comes back, and he's like, "Guys, we don't have to do this. We can do all this stuff." Was well, Ken he the real hero? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think you're right because Ken does end up chasing Barbie, chasing the person he loves, and then comes back and finding out that he can be more without her. But so Ken, Ken is legally blonde. Ken is legally blonde, but um. <laughs> Can I just ask, like, for real, for real? So the end of the Barbie movie, what are we supposed to understand at the end of the Barbie movie? I'm a, I'm, I'm legitimately confused. Like, so she goes back to the real world. So she accepts the cellulite. So that's why. So and then she goes to the uh, the gynecologist appointment because now we're supposed to know that she accepts change. Like, what, what is I mean, what, what happens at the end that I'm supposed to understand? Because Being a Barbie woman Land is the best thing ever. Wait, See, this ahead. is where you get. I, I don't want to be out here defending Barbie for twenty five minutes because then now it looks like it was my favorite movie. Listen, I had some issues with the movie too, right? And I just didn't like how it ends with like a ten minute speech on the nose about what it means to be human. Did not like that part, and I also just thought that the whole point was undermined by like Barbie's literally the perfect person. Like it's Margot Robbie. Like. What are we supposed to learn from this? <laughs> like life is okay if you're Barbara Robbie. I don't. I don't. Well, but... I think that the the very last scene, her saying, "I'm going to the gynecologist." You know, that to me kind of reveals what the point was. It's that the 
just being the, you know, how it was like, what about average Barbie? Right. right. And they're like, oh, that will sell like hotcakes. You know, that's it. Like being a woman is great and you should aspire to being a woman. That seems to me like that's what the point of it was. But like you said, she's Margot Robbie. <laughs> right. Margot. But, and they but make the never, a joke about it. She aspired to be. Yep. Yeah. yeah, she aspired though to be the average woman. Like when she's sitting right. on that park bench and she looks over and sees the old woman and says, "You're beautiful." So I can see the message that they're trying to get to. I didn't feel like they got to it in the best yeah. way, but it would have been neat if what if she got out and she met this mother and got to see all of her memories with her daughter and was like, "I want to be a mom," or like, "I I want to have a family like that," or something. You know, something that's a little bit more human, yeah. other than this vague. I want a vagina kind of thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, the only, the only like normal person that was like a regular Barbie was the, the quote unquote crazy one who lives up in the hills. And he's the oh, only yeah. one that looks yeah. like a re real person. It should have been but, a ton uh, of her. Yeah. But yeah. actually, sorry, let, let's just, let's wrap this up. I'll just throw out my remake real quick. See if talk you guys to, like talk it. To, and, talk then, and then see if you guys will go see the movie. If, all right. Coming out in 2024, Legally Blonde, go see it with your friend, starring Halle Bailey as, actually, fuck, I just realized it's Legally Blonde. What okay, wait, Halle Bailey? <laughs> I was going to say, why are you Actually, problems? she's got through enough. She's about to get problems? death threats. After Mermaid, if she does <laughs> Mermaid and Legally Blonde, she, she's going to get some death threats. What am I doing? All right, I was I was doing Miles, Miles Teller as Warner, right? Because I feel like he could be okay. a nice dude okay. in the beginning and then a like a real asshole towards the end. I can definitely see Miles Teller's, yeah. yeah. Um, but I want him to ham it up. I want some more time. If Miles Teller's going to be War Warner, I want him to have more screen time. Or the other dude from Top Gun, to be fair. The blonde dude in Top Gun would oh, have been good, He's a great too. bad guy. He's a great um, asshole. He would be good. Yeah. He would. He's got that uh, face. John Hamm is the professor. Okay. Give me a little John Hamm as the skeezy professor, but he's, okay. he's supportive in the beginning. I want, um, I want my skeezy professor to look a little uglier. Charming. No, 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 no! You got to have him be charming so that yeah. the audience kind of forgets the clue. The, okay, also, okay, you know? all right, I'll uh, give you that. But let me get Emma Watson. Oh, as, as wow. Vivian. Vivian. Yes. Little, oh, little, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, as Vivian. That'd be you so know? fun. So who's gonna like, be uh, Al? Who's gonna be Al? Who's the recast for Al? I had Zendaya too. Um, I. <laughs> legally brunette, I guess. <laughs> legally brunette. I know it's tough because now that I think about legally blonde. I think then you might have to flip it because nowadays you have to have uh, some person of color somewhere on this somewhere on this cast list. So that's why I was thinking of flipping it. But you know what? Legally Blonde. What if you if, had? Go ahead. If you had the Euphoria, who's the Euphoria girl? Maddie. The, oh, who's the the like the she's the bad bitch famous, in, the, in the the human super famous one from Euphoria? Oh, Not, like the who dresses up like the doll all the time. I know exactly yeah. who you're talking What's about. Her like name? she just did that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah she's all over the place. About. Yes, but yes, if you yes, do yes, her yes. as Legally Blonde, yeah, but then yeah, you have to switch it up a bit. I think down the cast list, but but yeah, maybe Idris Elba, maybe Idris Elba, oh, the thinking, professor. Exactly, I was I, I was just thinking that. Yeah, okay. Um, any final thoughts, Amber? Thank you so much. I know this was we were all over the place. This we usually don't do this. Um, any final thoughts? Final thoughts. Just if you haven't seen Legally Blonde, you really should go and check it out because I think it's doing so many things so well as just a overall in storytelling, character development, nailing it with the comedy and the women empowerment that we're seeing constantly pushed 
today. I feel like it's it's something that shouldn't be missed. And I think that's what I was trying to say the entire time when talking about. Bar- I'm not going to get back into it, but I'm just going to say, yeah, if I, you I, are yeah. looking for a movie that you want to show woman empowerment, this has to be on the top of your goddamn mm-hmm. list. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, it is a millennial classic. We'll catch you on the flip. Deuces.